Podcast, featuring Jamie, Mike, and Steve. Nothing but Net Podcast. I'm your host, S. Dot. Michael, what's going on, my guy? Championship Sunday. Sounds like you got it done. How does it feel to win your first uh, championship as a coach? Yeah, it feels uh, pretty good. Shout out to our NCC, oh, NCCS girls uh, varsity basketball team winning the championship today. Congrats to them. Proud of them. Uh, not gonna act like I'm the the head coach of it anyway, but uh, it, was, it was really cool to be on a on the coaching staff for that. You know, had had some success in section ten, and it was good to get a little slice of the pie in section seven. So we play Wednesday for our regional game. So hey, anybody listening to this, come out Wednesday night to Clinton uh, Community College support our girls. But yeah, man, it was good. Good game. Happy for them. What's good with you? Nothing too much, man. Just another, just another, just another week in the NBA sphere as we pull it back in here. Uh, Mike, I, we have two obvious storylines to talk about here. We're gonna start with, we're gonna start with the positive. We're gonna start with the good. We're gonna start talking about the guy who is not known as a shooter, but known as a scorer. To uh, mm-hmm. from a couple of my friends, it's the mm-hmm. Damian Lillard seventy-one point performance Sunday night, thirteen of twenty-two from three, twenty-two of thirty-eight. From the field, 14 of 14 from the free throw free throw line, Mike. We talked about this earlier, obviously, regarding the Donovan Mitchell 71-point game. The fact that this happens again in the same season is absolutely insane. We thought this would take years. But not only um, is this 70-point game different, but it's different because someone finally did it on a high-volume number of threes. 13 from Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard, Mike. You texted the group. 41 and a half. That's where I turned. That's when I tuned in and I caught the rest of this. Um, what were your thoughts as you were watching Damian Lillard just go berserk? Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. I think I was watching a game. I don't know which um, a game before that. And then I, like I said, or like you said, I texted you guys about it. I tuned in probably when he was around around 60. I think that's when I like really like started coming into my time. I'm like, all right, we better better see this because it was 60 with some minutes left and uh yeah once I tuned in and he I think he right off the bat just banged a three then I think he got free throw line or got a a layup and that's when I'm like this guy's going for 70 um would have been interesting for him to uh beat uh Donovan's season record or I think he needed one more tie for the most threes in a game to tie with clay does that sound right yep I don't know if you mentioned that. Sorry. Um, nope. Yeah, I was I was hoping he'd get one more of those, but he was gas, man. I mean, it, he he had another possession left, and he he was passing it up because he like he you could see it. Man was just gas. So funny that we're talking about if anybody's going to get another one of those games in a few weeks down the line, it happens. So uh, it was it was really cool. I know Dame's uh, one of our favorite, you, yours and mine's favorite players. So um, it's cool to see happen and. Yeah, man, Duke can obviously still hoop. I know people are talking about he's older, but Duke can still hoop. The crazy thing is, is a lot of players are having the best years of their careers with the inflated numbers, but Damian Lillard's truly having one of the best years of his careers. It's just a damn shame that they can't find the right pieces to put around Damian Lillard. Hopefully, I mean, 
I can only hope for so long that Damian Lillard finally has to be moved because he just deserves it. Um, he deserves to have better players around him. It doesn't seem like the Blazers are going to put enough around him, but that that single game performance, it's 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 an all time great. It's just one of these things. Um, you don't know when you're going to see the next seventy point game. We thought it would be years down the road. So the fact that it's only three weeks later, um, wow, just incredible by you know just an incredible performance. Um, Something that we're growing accustomed to is the NBA today, Mike. It's something that you don't, you can't stop watching because something just keeps continuing to happen this year in the NBA. And the the drama is at an all time high. We're looking at about seventeen to eighteen games left per team. Uh, we're really starting to get down to the nitty gritty here, and these these races in the playoffs and the seedings are just getting really close. And every one of these games matters, and it just feels like. Damian Lillard is going to be outside of the playoffs again, even though he's having his best career season, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've said that probably for a couple seasons, two or three by now. Um, I respect the loyalty. I respect what Portland means to him. And actually, I don't know if you saw that uh, little excerpt of something uh, of an interview we had about it's not always the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Did you see this? Yeah, yep. when he talks about like Russell Westbrook, which I which I do think is like a, a good point, but you know I, I hope he would get into a position where he would have success if he were to move um, to a different team, and that's what I would like for him too. Um, one, just because I'm just a fan of his, I want to see him succeed, but um, also just a, a fan of the game. You know, it's, it's sometimes we selfishly like we don't really want to see really good players on not so good teams. Um, we want to see these guys playing at the on the biggest stage on the brightest lights and you know conference championships and the finals and I, I, you know he's obviously still have he still has gas left in the tank but I would say his his window of being you know peak Damian Lillard you know I'm, I don't know how many years that he has left there but it's he, I would like to see him still why he's going to be one of the premier player in the league to to use his talents on a, a better team a more competitive team. Yeah, and it's just something that the fans deserve to see. Damian Lillard in the playoffs, you know, that's when Dane Time's at its peak, and that's, those are the shots that we want to see him hit. Um, I don't know. You know, it's just Damian Lillard's going to have a very weird, like not weird, it's just going to be interesting to see how we get his viewed. Um, obviously, he was named a top 75 player. I think that was highly debated in circles. Um, I, I think he is. I think his talent shows for itself and the fact that, you know, he's trying to win in Portland shouldn't be held against him championship wise. Obviously we play to win. So there's got to be value in that. Um, but I don't think that really hurts who the player of Damian Lillard is. He, he's just one of those guys that, you know, he's an all time great because you watch him play every single night and he just done it in the playoffs. He has, he done it on the biggest stage. No, but he's been to the Western conference finals and, you know, he didn't have to leave to do that. So I think that, holds water in its own. But um, do you have any final thoughts here on Damian Lillard? Uh, no, just, yeah, that, my main thing is, um, you know, I'd love to see him next year, you know, competing for a, for a little more something than just to get to the, the play-in tournament. We uh, also, just real quick here, we had a listener chime in on a Facebook post that he wants to he wants to know where we think Damian Lillard ranks among the MVP candidates. He 
listed. I believe he had him listed at second behind Nikola Jokic. Uh, Mike, so what are your thoughts on where Dame would stand in the MVP race? Do you, uh, by chance, know where, like, odds-wise he is? Just oh, I can pull it up. I believe it was, like, eighth. Okay. And that's... Uh, I mean, if he's... If seventh. Seventh. If, if the Portland Trailblazers are a little more competitive, then I think we're having a far different discussion. But And I know, depending on how you think... Um, you know, how much your record impacts that award. I think it I think it definitely has to play some impact in it. Um but when they're sitting not even they're sitting at thirteen right now, not even in the play in you can only get so much MVP love from me. So individually, I mean, yeah, he he's, he's having, like you said, a career best season, but gotta bring the team and the players around him up a little more. Um, for me to, you know, strongly consider him. And it's not for a lack of trying, obviously. Yeah, no. When we're talking about the top three names at the MVP ladder, most most of the three the three common names that you're going to hear are going to be Giannis, Tatum, Jokic. Um, all three of those guys play on the best teams in their conferences. So that, I think, just the way the MVP race is going right now. And it's kind of why I think Embiid doesn't really have like a realistic chance unless Philly goes on some super run that maybe Saturday night starts. Um, but I just think it's going to come down to one of those three guys at the end of the day, Damian Lillard, all all time great year from him. Um, it's going to be a year that we may not see many times again in NBA history. If ever uh, the stuff that he's doing, the shots that he shoots, uh, all the stuff he does is just phenomenal. But at the end of the day, the MVP race right now is talking about the best teams in each conferences. And uh, I don't think Damian Lillard qualifies for that conversation. And it's not out of spite, but he's probably like sixth. But I mean, Luca, Luca is putting up better numbers and has a better record. And, you know, we have more faith in the Dallas Mavericks in some sense. But yeah, ultimately, that's where I would be. Mike, let's roll into the the big news, though. Um, something that's been boiling over for the last couple of weeks finally, um, finally meets fruition here. John Morant is suspended at least two games for an incident following the Denver Nuggets game where he shows a gun in his Instagram live video at a topless gentleman's club. Um, also earlier this week, he was accused of pointing a gun at a 17 year old after an altercation in a pickup game over the summer. Mike, where what what in the hell is going on with John ja Morant? Uh, I wish, and I'm sure many people surrounding the situation could answer that question. I I don't know. Uh, I'm actually pretty concerned about this for John ja Morant. Um, I know he's a very young individual, uh, a superstar, nonetheless, being that young and a ton of money, all the fame that comes with it. Uh, but he's making, it's not like he, you know, said something wrong or this or that. Like, obviously that's not, you know, if he said something super controversial, that's not good either. But this is like, um, far worse, far worse far than worse. anything that Kyrie has done, especially, um, being a role model. Um, you know, if he's, you know, he's got millions of kids watching him and you're brandishing a, a gun on your uh, Instagram. 
uh, no less. I, I don't know if he's at a strip club or at some sort of club, whatever it may like. It just like, come on, man. You, like, what are we really doing? You, you don't know that you're going live on Instagram doing this. Um, I just really questioning his decision making right now. And it's, it's turning me off specifically, uh, to a little bit of what John Morant does and who he is as a person and a player. And that it's a shame because he's an insane talent, but like you see these things and it's like, you you clearly look at somebody through a different scope. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, we don't know what he's going through and this and that. And Hey, you're right. I, I don't know what anybody's going through, but I, I'm not, I'm, I, he also needs to be held accountable in the sense that he can't be doing these things and it's hurting. I'm, I'm sure obviously himself, his family and his Grizzlies organization and just signed a deal with Nike too. Like now they have to do this and it's, you know, he, he just ended a deal with Kyrie just to get into this with, uh, John Morant, what a, you know, what a transition there. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I just don't understand. The, we have too many issues in the world. In, well, sorry, not even in the world, but in the United States, we have too many issues with too many shootings involving guns and this and that. And something like this is just, in a sense, promoting violence. And there's no place for it. There's no place for John Morant promoting violence. There's no place for whatever he's doing and however he's dealing with stress. If you're showing that this is how you deal with stress, what are you telling the kids that look up to you and how to deal with stress? He's trying to be someone that he's not. Um, that way. No one's ever came, no one's saw him to be this kind of person, but he wants to make sure everyone knows that he's a gangster. And why, like if that's the perception you want to be, then you have to understand like your privilege of playing in the NBA is not going to be a, such a thing. Um, he was this guy that everyone rooted for because he was always playing super hard and he has crazy highlights. But now he's bringing out this side life that has no place to be in the NBA. I wouldn't be surprised if John Morant isn't back for like a month. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I don't think this is a week a one week thing. I, I don't think it can be. I don't see how. So let's we, we just had the video. I know we were, we're texting about this. We just had the video. We've had this uh, ties to like the laser beam pointed at like the la uh, the Pacers, the Pacers security guard or something involving the Pacers. Oh yeah. Then potentially like beating up a seventeen year old. Yeah, and I pointing mean, a gun at him. Yeah, and I mean, pointing a gun at him. So like, what are you doing, bro? Forget that this even might be true. I get it. If whenever we talk about celebrities and you know. Um, whether it's athletics, you know, uh, in the movies, uh, musical artists, whatever it may be, like any sort of allegations, always, I'm sure there's always a bit of like, you know, it, fluff to the story. There's always some sure, fluff yeah. to the well, yeah, how, We don't know how much is true. There's always details left out and this and that. But like even these allegations, man, is not something you want to be tied to. But the fact that there's kind of a pattern forming, like doesn't that just make you feel like, oh, uh, yeah, then I guess maybe this is true. No, or, it's definitely true. Definitely. Like, and it's just crazy. I know I, we just mentioned it, but like how much like the youth watches like these NBA players and wants to be like them, and like what what message are you truly sending? And again, what where's your focus? What are you doing playing playing in a park? Like, and John Morant has a much bigger platform than so many people in the United States. So for him to promote violence, um. In a in a country where we already have enough problems with oh violence, God, yeah, 
Like it, it just these are the decisions. This is what the this is what the NBA has to stop. They stopped it with Kyrie. I think you almost have to be twice as hard on John Morant because um, this is much bigger. Like this is much bigger than what Kyrie did. I agree. He the the smoke, he, all the smoke that Kyrie got, and granted, Kyrie's kind of had a history of being like just controversial, but like it is different with with specifically what John Moran does and or is doing, and especially in the amount of time in the 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 sequence of events here, how they kind of rapidly unfolded here just in this season, and I don't know, it's it's not, I don't I don't see two games being the end of this kind of like what you said. I tell you what I do know is I'm out on the Grizzlies for a good for a good while. Mm, yeah, this team's too immature. Dylan Brooks is being suspended already because oh he already has like 16 technical fouls. Um, the unfortunate news of Brandon Clark obviously is something different, but this team's this team's not ready to be anything serious until they're ready to take life seriously and what's in front of them seriously. Um, I believe one of them made a comment about the NBA is like always watching them now. Well, yeah, when you're doing stupid shit, you're going to have eyes on you, man. I mean, like, yeah. I, I don't understand like why that's like a no shit. You have eyes on you. You guys are acting like kids. Uh, you, you, professional. You have to be a professional. I don't want to hear about the pressure. And I'm like, everybody's got pressure. And I get how it's very different for every person and every whether it be something very small, comparatively speaking, to something very large in your life, like you have to find a way to like cope. cope. And and if you can't, if you're struggling with that, a hundred percent fine. Help. Then you need yeah. Then you need to go. You need to do the appropriate, you know, actions to help yourself. And if you're somebody who doesn't have the money, the resources, the transportation to like go seek some sort of help that's a very different scenario than what John Morant who uh, of a person who should not be lacking in resources should I mean that they probably I don't know this for sure but do these NBA organizations probably not have a mental health team or oh, they um, definitely some, do these I mean, days. so like and that's part and John Morant's young I'm sure he you know there's a, a bit of growing that he has to do and maturing like you said but this might be also kind of on the organization as well I want to He's what he's doing outside is on him, but the organization needs to like be taking some some slice of responsibility in the sense that yeah we we saw this coming maybe we should have done something earlier or what are we gonna do moving forward? So also it doesn't really help that they don't have many veterans there in the locker room to like lead uh, with their experience. I think like. You know, I think guys like Kyle Lowry and Mike Conley, people get so caught up. Oh, they're washed up. They're washed up. But you don't understand what they bring um, to a team. You know, they bring the way to prepare. They bring the way to act like they're class first guys. And, um, you know, just little things like that, that people, you know, laugh when they see like big contracts go to a Mike Conley or Kyle Lowry. But they just bring so much more. Now, when this team is being led by a 22 or 23 year old, if it is pressure, then it just shows you that um, he may not have what it takes to uh, be as great as some people may have thought. And if this is the way he's going to react, I don't know that we're going to see him in the NBA for all too much longer, Mike. Let's roll into a couple of moves that have uh, happened here, um, kind of under the radar, Mike. We have Goran Dragic to the Bucks, Will Barton to the Raptors. Um, any, any? We have anything here? Does Goran Dragic help? I know he played for the Bulls, got released by the Bulls. Um, is he any? Does he add any value here? 
I mean, the Bucks are smart, a smart team, a you know, well-oiled machine, so I'm sure they can find a use for him if they need him. Um, I think everyone, like, some of these moves are gearing up for, like, playoffs of, like, man, maybe we need, like, uh, five possessions from a guy just to give somebody else a rest, or maybe in case injuries we have this guy. So that's what I see. I, I actually like Dragic on the Bulls. I, I'm not saying he, you know, made them superior. Uh, obviously, didn't make him make them a, a ton better, but, like, I, I thought he did good with the time he had, but I didn't really see that move coming. I don't think it really hurts the Bulls. I don't think it, you know, insanely helps the Bucks either. So that's that's my only piece. As far as Will Barton, I, I don't really know what Will Barton has anymore. I'm not, I'm not oh, like, you know, not I'm, I'm not like, I'm not trying to like talk negatively about him. I just feel like I haven't, you know, seen or heard of this guy because he was on, was he on the Wizards? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's where from he's going the, from. From the Nuggets, right? So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't just know. Gearing up, I guess. I think uh, Goran Dragic will just bring some nice veteran pre- uh, presence to the locker room, kind of help uh, their guard see what he sees. Just sure. another point guard in the room, mature, um, veteran, seen a lot of different things. Can kind of give uh, an assistant coach kind of aspect, in my opinion, to the yep. players. Um, so that, it, yeah, nothing major though. Let's talk about some games from this week. We have a bunch of these, so we'll kind of roll through. Um, it was a it was a it was a busy week in the NBA, as we've talked about a time or two before. Mike, Celtics, Knicks, Celtics, the Knicks finally get that big dominant win that really uh, kind of boosted this uh, win streak that they're currently on that we will get into. But it was a the beginning of a strong week for the Knicks and the Celtics. This is where they step back in first place in the East for the first time since about late November, early December. I can't put my finger on it, but it was around then when they took it over. They have dominated the whole way. But Monday night, the lance, the landslide, uh, the landscape had changed, Mike. What are your thoughts? What were your thoughts on this game, if you have any? Uh, just that the Knicks are, uh, I'm going to say for real in the sense that, like, this team could be a problem uh, in the playoffs for people. Um, Jalen Brunson's been a man on fire. Uh, as has Julius Randle, both playing really well. <laughs> Julius Randle. Yeah. Um, and the Celtics have shown some signs of slowing down. So for the Knicks to go out there and beat uh, the Celtics, and I believe they play again today, um, yep. as, as Sunday, I don't know. Uh, it's, it, it's interesting to see what the Knicks are doing and how they're doing it and how they're having success with what they're doing. Um, Can the Knicks win again tonight? Do the Knicks win again tonight, I'll say. I'm it's trying to Boston. think. I don't think so, um, but that's more of, I just suspect Boston kind of taking care of their business at home. Uh, I predict this one to be close again. Um, yep. Yeah, but that, that's not for lack of like uh, any you know lack of effort on uh, New York's fault. I wouldn't assume. I just think Boston goes out there and takes care of what they need to. Yep, no, for sure. Um, big week for the Knicks, as we will continue to get into. Um, the Celtics kind of have struggled out of the break, especially um, Jason Tatum. Um, although they, he does bounce back and beat the Cavs, he had like a r- poor three-game slump. A guy that I just want to throw out there in the Knicks real quick that I think deserves way more credit than he's been getting is Emmanuel Quickly. Um He's been a lot better than I think people think. He comes off the bench. He uh, He's a heck of a defender. He's really hard to screen. I don't know if you saw him play, but 
teams try to, you know, put him in pick and rolls and he just gets around everything. He's super lanky, super quick, super strong. Um, really like what he can do for them. Next, we have the San Antonio Spurs, Mike. We've been talking about it and they finally snapped their 16 game losing streak against the Utah Jazz, uh, in a 102 94 game on Tuesday night. Uh, I didn't watch it, but good for the San Antonio Spurs. We can finally take them out of the what's hot and what's not as they finally broke that streak. Clearly. Oh, go ahead. Clearly, they listened to my rant about the fans. <laughs> yes, At the, the fans end. showed up. <laughs> they beat them. In, they beat the Jazz in Utah, which was I thought was pretty weird because you know Utah's just been a lot better than that this year. Obviously, they did trade a couple pieces at the deadline, but I still thought I, I didn't think this team would collapse quite the way collapse like the way I thought or the like the way they currently are. Um, really starting to slide. I think they have themselves back into the play-in, though, so it'll be interesting to see if they end there, if they don't. Right. Um, but on Wednesday, we had the 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 Kevin Durant debut as a Phoenix Sun. Did you catch this at all against the Charlotte Hornets? Uh, Wednesday, I did not, actually. I think we had another playoff game. Um, so I kept up with it, though. Um, Gaties. <laughs> Went for the minutes he had. It looked, looked like he went out and did KD things, and uh, I think we might discuss it a little later. But Devin Booker seems very comfortable next to Kevin Durant as of right now. So uh, just for a, a debut, especially at Hornets, is a good spot for him to kind of ease his way into the team. I think that's you know a, a good game for him to come back to. Yeah, he, uh, I mean, KD was just KD. He didn't play a ton of minutes, as you alluded to, but just super efficient. Just shows he's Kevin Durant. He's the easiest player that you can put into a lineup to play a game of basketball. Um, and it's super annoying because you know how I feel about Kevin Durant. But um, I, I've said it, I've said it, and I've said it. The Phoenix Suns are just going to be one of the best teams when we come into the playoffs. That is what it is. Um, this Thursday night TNT game was super fun. I did watch this one. Luca and Kyrie combined for 82 in a 133-120Z, 122 or 126. Jeez, I can't read. Victory over the Philadelphia 76ers, Mike. Um, these two, three and seven since Kyrie has came into town. Two and six, including the loss to the Phoenix Suns today, when Luca and Kyrie have played together. Are you concerned? Although they did win this one, so good for them. But are you concerned that no. two and six? It's not good. I mean, it's not what you are, obviously. I'm overall not concerned. As far as this team staying in the playoffs, uh, in the playoff race, and I'm trying to see where they are right now, it looks like, oh, they're at seven. If they... I mean, if they get to six seed, and we, we've we talked about it, if they get to six seed and everything stays the way it is, which I don't think it will because the Suns will pass up the Kings and probably the Grizzlies, but the Kings are sitting at number three right now. If Dallas is to go to number six and play the Kings first round, I, I'm not worried. Um, I just think Dallas, if Dallas can avoid this play-in tournament, um, I'm not really worried about the fit. Uh, I think they, I think they figure it out. They're two pros. Um, you know, we knew there might be a little bit of a transitioning period. Um, some growing pains to, to work through together. I don't know. It, it again, not ideal, but I, I wouldn't say I'm super worried about it. 
Yeah, and the other thing, so I was said this week during this game, I was in a group chat. I said I think the Dallas Mavericks are a potential dark horse finals team just because of how good they can be offensively. Um, but as I watch that man, they have their defense is concerning. Like it, like as good as yeah. these two are, are are offensively, it feels like they might have to combine for these crazy scoring nights where you combine for 80, you combine for 70, 75 um just to win and I don't I don't I'm not going to count out Luka and Kyrie from being able to do that. I, first of all, I want to say that. But to bet on that against a Phoenix um, I think they could do it against the Sacramento, but when you're talking about a second round, when you're potentially playing a Phoenix, maybe um, a Denver, or a, I don't think it would be the Clippers, but maybe like a Clippers type thing. Yeah, okay. I don't know if they can consistently do it against the great teams, and that's my concern. Their defense is just, it's not it. And Dorian Finney-Smith, that loss is appearing to be a little too much for the Mavericks and what they wanted. And also, to be fair, they're saying Luca demanded that this happen. Luca wanted this to happen. He wanted to, them to upgrade the roster, so they went out and they did it. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out going into the summer if this does not work because Kyrie is a free agent and he has not signed an extension yet. Yeah, I, don't, I actually don't know if he'll stay, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, the Anthony Davis trade buzz with that whole thing, I mean, I don't I know. Just, it's it would it not be oh so Kyrie to just not go back and play somewhere else? Oh, it would be I mean, that's 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 what Kyrie does. He gets there and he goes. But again, I I, I truly don't nor does anybody in the world, maybe not even Kyrie, know what he wants. Is he does if he wants to compete for a championship, if he wants to I don't know if he wants to be the man, I don't know if he just wants I, I don't know what he wants. So who's to say if the Dallas situation is what he wants or if he wants to be somewhere else? Um but yeah, Dallas's defense is, is is definitely gonna be their downfall, which is obviously a completely you know different team now essentially. But last year, I remember they went on like a defensive like tear almost. Like Jim yeah. Kidd had them playing like I mean they must have been a top five easy team uh, defense like down the stretch of the regular season. So yep. Um, so maybe they make some adjustments. Maybe they're still figuring things out, but they have limits if they don't play defense. Seventh worst defense in efficiency in the last five games. Yikes. Yep. Uh, they're 23rd overall in the year in defense oh, efficiency. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, it's pretty much on par, but um, you're not going to be able to win many playoff series. Like uh, that. You better be scoring in the 130s consistently. Let me tell you this right now. If we get a Sacramento-Dallas playoff series somehow, Boy, oh boy, I would be taking the over every single oh, okay. game. <laughs> oh, the, yeah. the Sacramento defense in the last five is the worst in the league. So it could get really, really fun with a lot, a lot of points. Um, yeah, I bet you that is a fun, if that, I mean, I don't think it will. Ha- I mean, I guess it could happen, but it, that would be a fun one to see just because you know it's going to be a ton of scoring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the old people are going to be upset with no yeah. defensive played. Um. And then the 76ers, it was a tough loss, but we will get into the 76ers here in a minute. Um, and not, this is, this is where we got it. This is where I really want to talk about the Celtics a little bit, Mike. They blow a 28 point lead, let the Nets win on the road with a 115 to 105 victory. Um, largest blown lead of the season, Mikel Bridges, 38 and 10. 
First, I'm going to start here with the Nets. Mike Mikel Bridges is an all-star next season. Swish or or Mikel Bridges is an all-star next season. Swisher dish. Hammering down the swish button here. Um, I love this. I love that. I, I I think I said it when he went there. I I said I don't know. This might be an opportunity. I need I need to go back to this episode because I know I said it. But this might be an opportunity for Mikel Bridges to like really take a step forward and and come into his own and, you know, really establish himself. Obviously he's been established in the league, but like, you know, just take a step that like, no, I'm more than just a defensive like threat. Like I have much more to my game and he seems to be doing that, man. Um, I don't know. Do you call it his team right now? I feel like you almost have to, right? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Um, he's the best player on the team in my opinion. Yeah. And I am full heartedly saying all-star next season. I've loved I've loved the step that he's taken in his game. It's been a little more inefficient. Um, he's been doing a little more things than he it did. Can naturally happen, right? But I think that's yeah. It's just going to take time for him to grow that efficiency and that kind of volume. But I, I I'm not betting against Mikel Bridges to do that. I do think this guy is going to be an All Star next year. Um, I think he's. I don't know that he's going to be a perennial All Star, but I do think that this is going to be one of those guys who makes four or five All Star games in his career. Just his ability to defend, uh, he's obviously going to be able to take, or he's still able to shoot. Um, the question is, is he going to be able to uh, uptick the two-point scoring, mid-range, getting to the cup? Those are the kind of things that I want to see from Mikel moving forward. Back to the Boston Celtics, Mike. This week was really weird for them because this is after they beat the Cavs. Um, they lost to the Knicks. They came back, beat the Cavs. But then blow this lead. Are are you worried at all about the Boston Celtics since the All-Star break? I am. Um, worried comparatively to what they were, I'll say. Not worried in the grand scheme of is this still a good basketball team or not. But listen, we talked about it with the Bucks early on in the season. Once they started losing a bit, um, at first we weren't you know, too uh, worried about it. And then it kind of, they developed a pattern of weaknesses that other teams are taking advantage of. And then we were like, yeah, uh, we're a little worried. I think the Celtics are starting to fall into that category. Do I think that, you know, they should be worried about, you know, major things like, you know, if they can get to the finals, you know, I think that might be coming into the play here because the 76ers have been playing really well and now the Bucks are really taking stride. Um, but, you know, overall, they're still going to finish top three in the East. I'm not, like, super worried about that per se. But they, they there's some things happening here that I think uh, the Celtics need to, like, figure out now sooner rather than later because if it's later, then, yeah, they could find themselves in an earlier exit than what everybody is probably anticipating. Yeah, honestly, and it's I don't want to say it's because of Marcus Smart because that's not fair at all because it's not because of Marcus Smart. I think it's just getting uh used to having him back in the lineup in some sense because he was out for a while and when he was out, um Derek White was playing some like crazy Next high level. level. Yeah. yeah, some crazy high level of basketball in which uh, Maya just knocked a bunch of stuff down, so that sounded fun. Um, but he was just playing at such a high level of basketball that Marcus Smart wasn't going to be able to step in and play at. Um, so I just think that little drop-off is like really kind of just changed a few things, just getting him reacclimated. I think they're going to be fine. I'm not going to overreact. I think I think their pieces fit better together than Milwaukee's does. But... Uh, Milwaukee ceiling might just be higher. 
that's that's kind of the uh, conclusion that I'm coming to. Um, do I think I, I think Boston can win the finals, and I think Milwaukee can too. But the addition to, of Jay Crowder, as we're going to get into, has been magnificent, and he he's got back to playing basketball at a high level again already. His ability to be able to guard Jason Tatum while or uh, Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, just to have that second big wing that can guard guys uh, is going to create a lot of issues for other opponents, in my opinion. Um, but with that being said, let's roll into, or do we have anything else on Boston or Brooklyn? Uh, no, I think, I think that's um, it. Actually, there was something I saw. I, oh, uh, just to be clear, is the Celtics blowing a 28-point lead the largest blown of like any team this season? Yeah, yeah, yikes! And it was one point more than someone else's. Someone blew a twenty-seven point lead. Whoever the Lakers came back to beat was that was either the Blazers or the Mavericks. The Mavericks, yeah, the Mavericks, yeah. No, nope, I'm yep. good. All right, uh, let's roll into our Knicks. Uh, the not our Knicks, but oh. let's roll into the Knicks uh, beating the Heat one twenty-two to one twenty Friday night. I was watching this. Julius Randle. Oh boy, I, Tibbs comes off. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the video, but they showed a uh, they showed Tibbs after Julius Randle hit the shot, and my man was was not impressed. They inbound the ball, broken play. Julius Randle uh, launches some. It was a very tough, difficulty uh, three point attempt, and buries it for the win in a big win over the Miami Heat. Win streaks up to eight. Mike, hottest team in the NBA. Um, are you concerned about the Miami Heat, who oh, are sitting seventh yeah. in the play-in? Yeah, yeah. I think there's things going on. I mean, you, have you seen some of the comments Jimmy Butler's made about how yeah. Like, oh, yeah. we just are going through the motions? I mean, I know he's not really a, a super effective guy on the, the team, but Udonis Haslam saying, like, nah, this isn't what my last year I wanted, to, I wanted it to be. There's got to be another voice. These guys just aren't, like, playing hard. The Heat, are, I don't know. They are. They are in trouble. Um they're going to find themselves against a Hawks team that, you know, may be resurging with like a new coaching change. Uh, the Raptors seem to be, you know, trying to buy in, um, you know, some of these teams in the play and trying to make a, a push for that six seed spot. If Brooklyn uh, holds it down, you know, then they, they're going to continue to have success. They're kind of a question mark a little bit. So the, the heat could find themselves in an unfortunate, uh, matchup for a play-in spot and you know i don't think that's where they need to be in they're where they want to be at obviously they're a well-coached team spolster is a great coach but they seem to not be clicking right now and i don't know if that's a locker room thing or what but uh you know it's the heat part of me thinks like they'll be fine they'll find the rhythm but the other part of me is like you know maybe this team hit their peak and they're not coming back so i don't know but i am concerned in general i mean nba finals in the bubble um, lost to the Bucks the year after the bubble, in which the Bucks won the championship. Lost year, lost last year to the Boston Celtics, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Mike. Um, and now this year, it just feels like they're a first round team. Like I feel like the peak was a couple of years ago in the bubble. Uh, they've taken some just natural regression steps as they age. Um, Bam and Tyler Hero fine players, um, but they're clearly not guys that are going to elevate the franchise to the heights that they want it to be. They're in a weird phase. Um, I knew it was bad when they signed Kevin Love, and I saw him start for them in the first game that he played and hoping that they could find something there. Uh, I don't really think 
He's been great for them. He's just old, man. I honestly think this might be the last time we see Kevin Love, which I know is kind of crazy knowing his age. Um, but uh, old, Kevin Love is old, kind of much. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Kyle Lowry is old. It's, I shouldn't say the whole thing, but you get what I mean. <laughs> yeah, well, old in NBA age. Um, but yeah, I the you know it is what it is. The uh, the Miami Heat are in some trouble. I think I I don't see a first round series for them in which they win. Maybe if they found the Cavs, but I would probably still pick the Cavs. Um, Spolstra could really outcoach JB in some ways. I don't know that'd be enough to make up the difference of talent. Experience maybe though, but I don't know. So I just don't know what to expect the rest of the way from the Miami Heat. Um, also Friday night uh, was the whole John Morant situation, obviously, but. Besides that, Mike, we had the Nuggets 113 to 97 in a victory over the Memphis Grizzlies. Joker has a 18, 18, 10 triple double. And, um, you know, I think it was last Friday, the Nuggets put it on, or the Grizzlies put it on the Nuggets in Memphis. And now Denver gets revenge. Denver's on a three game win streak, starting to pull away in the West. Looks like they're going to be the one seed in the Western Conference playoffs. Does that mean Nikola Jokic is just in line to win his third straight MVP, Mark? It's, I don't see how it's not going to happen at this point. And to be honest with you, Giannis is the only way it doesn't happen. You don't think if Embiid makes like a, a good push? I want to say yeah. I really I see, do. I think Embiid probably has it over Giannis. Even after the 16-game win streak, though, like Giannis just brought his team back to the one seed. This is such more of a like a feel thing for me rather than like any sort of statistics. Like, yep. I, I just I, I comes down to I think I'm not saying the league has like a narrative or a script so to speak that they have to follow, but like, man, I don't know. It it would just feel right if if Joel comes second again. It's just like oh, I got, I feel like maybe. That's the only. I have more faith in him making a final push to like to solely get MVP than than Giannis, and that's no knock on Giannis. But that's I do it. think I do think Jokic. Like, don't get that's, me wrong. I think it's Jokic. No, I do think it's Jokic as well. That's interesting. I just think it's Giannis. I think the MVP is going to get determined by whoever has the best record in the NBA. I don't know if that's fair or foul. I think all of these seasons are all MVP seasons. They can be debated all across the board. Yep. At the end of the day, I think whoever has the best team in the NBA, who has the one seed going into the playoffs, who has home court advantage throughout, is going to be your MVP. And I just think it's going to come down to Giannis and Jokic. Giannis's run was just insane. I um yeah yeah this this and this is we're 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 very fortunate to be having like discussions like this where it's not like it is. I want to say I don't want to say it's clear cut, but there is an obvious favorite here. But you know, there's two. Two guys in the rearview mirror that can certainly, you know, make a final push here. What we do know is the MVP will not be won by an American for the fifth yeah. straight year. That's a, that's a fact. That's it's, it's it's a crazy fact. All right, Mike, to the game last night, the Philadelphia 76ers. Wait oh, a minute. Ahead. Wait a minute. I want to talk a little bit about this Nuggets oh. Grizzlies first. <laughs> yes, yeah, my bad. I don't know why I was hopping off that so quick. Go I, ahead. I, just just not just to, you know, question you a little bit here. I believe it was last week you're I, w- I wouldn't say you're chirping at all, but talking about how the Grizzlies beat the Nuggets, right? Mm-hmm. 
Are you? Does this even the the playing field or the score, so to speak? Oh. Well, it's just all just changed, for, though, forget, right? Yeah, forget the Mar- just forget the, all the the Morant thing. It's all changed. I don't think Memphis has a shot to do anything this year. Yeah, I I just think specifically like this game. I does not Nuggets bounce back. It, yeah, I mean it's impressive. Um, the Mem- the Grizzlies have been bad on the road. That's not an excuse. That's just a fact. Um, I I think it is impressive for da- uh, Denver to bounce back. It was you know they've had a really nice week. They've won three straight. Um. But at the end of the day, it doesn't change my mind. They did beat the Clippers, who I thought the Clippers would give them a tough run. Mm-hmm. I, I, it just doesn't. It just doesn't change my mind. I, I don't know what it is, and I've said this in group chats. I think it's just that you have to do it for me to believe it with the Denver Nuggets. I've just seen the way it's flamed out for them. They did make the conference finals a couple of years ago, or the the bubble year, I believe. Um, but other than that, they just flame out and like. I've seen them be great in the regular season. They were great in the regular season two years ago. They, you know, they go on these runs and they play, they, they play some of the, my, the best basketball that I love to watch. So like when I talk bad about them, it's not because I don't think they play great basketball. It's not because I don't think they can be great. They just don't match up well with the best teams in the West, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I just had to. Just no, I, I completely get it, and I, I completely respect it, and I completely deserve it. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies, I mean, they they got me out, they got me off the seat easily. So thank you to them. Um, but they're done. Them boys, them boys, <laughs> them boys are done for a couple of years here. They got a lot of things that need to get changed. That goose is cooked, huh? The goose is, yeah, the goose's neck broke this weekend. <laughs> it's it's over, man. Those those teams, the Memphis Grizzlies. I I mean, John Morant misses a couple weeks. I don't that a couple weeks at best, in my opinion. If they bring him back before a couple of weeks, the him stepping, taking time away, and all this other stuff is some bull crap. Yeah. All right. Um, let's roll into the game last night. The Bucks' 16-game win streak comes to an end at the hands of the Philadelphia 76ers, who win 133 to 130 on the road, Mike. Big come from behind victory for the Philadelphia 76ers. Does this change your opinion on what they can do as a three seed, knowing that they're either going to get a seven game series with the Bucks or the Boston Celtics? No, it, it doesn't change my opinion because I I think since they've been hitting a good stride, we've always thought of them as potentially you know a team that's going to be a threat. I still. I still think Milwaukee and Boston are the favorites to come out. Um, who would they rather see? Is that a would let me ask you rather that. see? Yeah, who would they, would they rather see Milwaukee or would they rather see Boston? I, there's something about, and maybe it's more of a almost like a physical stature and uh, just the relentlessness. But I, I really don't think anybody wants to see Giannis for seven games. Like Tatum, you know, can get like have a slump as he did last year in the playoffs. And of course, then there's Jalen Brown, so you have to. That's kind of a two-headed beast there. But Giannis doesn't really have. I mean, this year I know he had like two weird single-point games, but like Giannis doesn't really have a bad game per se. Like even like because it's not based off shooting. It's like he's gonna get his 25 and at least 10 every game in the playoffs. I I don't know. I think that I think. He, and B doesn't. I mean, he might embrace the challenge. Say, yeah, I want to. I want Giannis. But like, I, I think in his head, he doesn't want to have to go and, you know, play against him. Oh, I, 
I just saw Tyrese Halliburton hit about a 50 footer on the Bulls a few <laughs> seconds left. <laughs> um, That'll happen. Oh God, that that was a shocker. I don't think uh, I don't think Embiid wants to like go against Giannis for seven games, and you know that's seven games of you know potential foul trouble, like just defense and offense battling. I, I think that's more of a struggle than Tatum and and Brown. I'm not saying that. Yeah, that's just what I think. If if I'm Philly, maybe specifically Embiid, I I wouldn't rather. Um, definitely, yeah, it would definitely wear down Embiid, and Embiid's had a hit, uh, an, an injury history in the postseason. Sorry, I can't speak. Um, but you know, the physicality of that Buck series would probably wear down the other two teams, giving the one seed a probably more favorable opportunity. They would host a game seven. Uh, they would be playing potentially the Cavs or the Knicks, which would not be nearly as physical or stressful of a series as a Philadelphia 76. So I really think that one seed in the East is something that needs to be talked about. If I'm talking about who do I think could beat, or who do I think Philly uh, could beat, I think they probably have a better opportunity against the Bucks, in my opinion. I think they just match up better because they are able to be as physical as the Bucks with Embiid, with um Jalen McDaniel, sir, I couldn't think of his name, but I, I've really liked what he's done with PJ Tucker. Um, Paul Reed has done a little, a few interesting things for them. So I personally think physicality wise, it would make more sense for them to match up with Milwaukee if they think they could win just because I, Boston is tough, man. Like those wings, like the, Philly doesn't have the wings to take away from Jalen Brown nor Jason Tatum. And I think those two in a series just would feast on who would be guarding them, which if I'm thinking, I mean, you probably have PJ Tucker on Jason Tatum, but I, I don't know how long that that's going to work. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, those are all very good points too. It's, you could kind of, yeah, of course, your poison I mean, essentially. No, without a doubt, Mike, crazy week of games in the NBA. Um, we've already started this week with the Suns in the, uh, Mavericks, something we'll talk about next week. But let's talk about the uh, injuries from this week. There's there's obviously the one that we have to talk about. LeBron James has ligament damage in his foot, expected to be reevaluated in three weeks. Again, reevaluation does not mean return. Reevaluation probably means a week before return at best, if everything goes right. Um, Mike, any chance the Lakers can find a way into the play-in without LeBron? Oh man, <laughs> yeah. I'll give him that. Yeah, I mean, I'm one looking, game, one game out today. Yeah, as of I, today, one game out. I I think so. I think they can find a way to do that. Um, some other people clearly gonna have to step up, so we'll see what happens. Street clothes is probably gonna be the one that has to step up. I guess, but hasn't he like sat out a game or two here and there in this stint uh, too? Yeah, he did sit out one game since LeBron has been out, but he is back today and he has been hooping. So, all right, yeah, then it's got to be him on the fringe of potentially beating the Warriors with Steph coming back in his return. Huh. The thing that pisses me off about the Lakers is we'll we'll get to this real quick. I understand the Russell Westbrook trade was so bad because it ruined all of their depth. They didn't do anything crazy at the deadline, but they got a bunch of good depth. They got Rui. They got Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, D'Angelo Russell. Just giving them that depth has made this team a much better basketball team to watch. And I, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. 
that they haven't been able to figure this out for the last couple of years. But anyway, yeah, Jonathan, sorry, do you have go ahead? No, no, I mean that's great yeah, points. Just stupid. Um, Jonathan Isaac, Mike, <laughs> got surgery on a torn adductor muscle out for the season. Um, just my guy, he just he just came back, and for this to happen, obviously super unfortunate. I I don't know, I, Jonathan Isaac, man, I don't know, I don't know. Only so many times you can miss a year, and uh, there's still hope on the other side. I think we have – I don't know. I think we've hit that point. I mean, what do you say, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, it's sad news, um, but it is what it is. But even worse news after the Nuggets game, not only did John Morant get suspended uh, typically – or not typically. (laughs) um, Basically, indefinitely, Jaw got suspended, but now Brandon Clark tore his Achilles, and he is out for the year as well, Michael. I mean, bad things comes in threes, as they say. Uh, Morant, Brandon Clark, Dylan Brooks. Yeah, Dylan I mean, Brooks. It's like, bad. It's all yeah, bad. I don't, and Brandon Clark not having him hurts them, you know? Um Big so, energy guy for that. Yeah, team. I mean, give him good minutes, and he's a you know he can walk into a double double any night too. So I I don't know that that's just what do you like like we said. What do you do? It's that's kind of the way the cards are falling for them right now. Yep the 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 pipes are bursting as they would say as pressure continues to surround them. Pressure that they've put on themselves. Let's. Not think that the media was putting pressure on them. They've put this pressure on themselves. Oh, and they wanted the smoke here with all the, you know, I'm not scared of anybody in the West, <laughs> this and that, or like whatever they do outside of like on the court antics. Like they, they, that's a great point. They did bring this on themselves. I don't think anybody really feels too bad for them per se. Just. You know, you don't want to have it be because of injuries and stuff that, you know, if they're going to go down, especially let alone what Jaw's doing. But I don't know if they, they need to find a way not to sink too far down in those standings. Yeah, if possible. But <laughs> I don't. I, I wouldn't be shocked if we're talking about this as a potential four or five seed, depending on uh, how long Jaw is out for. Fair enough. Let's roll into what's hot and what's not. We, we've mentioned it a couple of times. The Knicks are the hottest team in the league with an eight-game win streak. Mike, just a quick question, just a quick take here, because two te- these two teams are super close. Uh, the Knicks are 2-1 and one in the regular season series. So just got to ask you, who wins in a seven-game series, Cavs or Knicks? I'm going to go... Oh, man, I'm gonna go Cavs, and I, I'll be honest with you, Steve. I don't want to, not for any, you know, other narrative other than it's it's gonna be hard for me. I think Donovan Mitchell, as we've seen him in the playoffs, can you know get things done. Um, obviously, with the Jazz, they came up short each year, but I like him going forward, especially with this young team that really focuses on defense. I like that for the playoffs for them. However, I know they've struggled against good teams. And New York, if they're still rolling, you know, I'm sure they're on a streak, obviously, right now. But when, if when that comes to an end, like, they're still going to be a team that I think is going to be playing their best basketball around playoff time. 
especially with Tibbs as a good coach. Um, and then again, another team that wants to focus on defense. I don't know. Um, I that's that's my only leeway to them is that young team with a uh, established leader and who can get it done, um, you know, scoring wise. And then the rest of the team really focuses on defense. So that's that's why I'll give the edge to them. But I, that that would be an exciting matchup. I think it would probably be a seven game series. I think yeah. it would just be a yeah. back and forth. Um probably taking whoever has home court advantage, which I'll take the Cavs because I think they'll be the team that has it at the end of the day. They have a pretty light schedule the rest of the way after this Miami Miami Boston. They have two games against Miami, one game against Boston, then it gets pretty light the rest of the way for them. Um so I'll take them to pull it over. I think they win a seven game series, but I think it takes all seven games. Uh, the only thing that makes me nervous with the Knicks is just we saw this with Julius Randle after a really good season uh, go into a playoff series where I believe he only shot 30% against the Atlanta Hawks. And oof, that was a really bad series for the New York Knicks. But this is a much different team with Jalen Brunson at the helm as well. Mm-hmm. But that being said, Mike, as I said a couple weeks ago, the Warriors were going to win here a few games in a row. And the next thing you know, they're going to be in the fourth or fifth spot in the West. And that has come to fruition. The Warriors five in a row, fifth in the West. Although they are about to lose the Los Angeles Lakers, um, what have you seen in the Warriors without Steph and Andrew Wiggins? And do we think that this is a team that's poised to be back in the NBA Finals again? Man, <laughs> I don't know. The basketball gods bless the Warriors. I'm not taking anything away from them at all. I don't want. I don't want that to get confused. But it's man, pretty wild. Things have worked out for them with. I don't know, <laughs> like the Being Lakers kind of. To- yeah. Lakers Being able getting to win hurt without Steph and Wade yeah. is just crazy. Like Lakers getting hurt, to. the Pelicans getting hurt, the Clippers are falling off, the Mavs can't get it rolling. Uh, I don't think anybody's super worried about the Kings. No disrespect, the Grizzlies are, are probably going to draft a few games for him um, uh, from here on out. Uh, Minnesota again, I'm not personally too concerned about from the Warriors, but like the path just kind of seems to be open up for them. Yeah, I think. And and I want to definitely give you the credit here. Uh, they've maneuvered, they've positioned themselves well. They've played well. I can see this team really kind of being a definite threat now from here on out, um, as far as and especially in the playoffs. And what's the biggest thing I've seen for them that this is what um, championship caliber, um, what do I want to say, an established kind of system does in the NBA is that they find a way to win. And, you know, some days it's been Poole, some days it's been Clay. Clay definitely has been playing a lot better and still doesn't get a lot of that recognition, which you've also said. Um, but, yeah, they, they they found a way and they've got it done. And, they're again, this is a team that if they're getting hot, if they're playing well at the right time, is a dangerous team. Yeah, unfortunately. Here we go again. Golden <laughs> Stage just right back in the thick of it. Um, they don't die, man. They just don't die. And the basketball that they've gotten from Clay Thompson as of late, as we have talked about here on the last episode or two, um, just spectacular. You know what I mean? If yeah. he comes back, uh, and if we have a quick minute at, at the end of this, I want to go through like our top three duos in the NBA. If we're talking about this kind of Clay Thompson, I think him and Steph could potentially have a say in something in the top three duos in the NBA. It's fair. Which is crazy that we're still saying that because these guys have been at it since 2014 was really when they started to come onto the scene. And, you know, we're almost talking a 10 year stretch. That's absolutely incredible, especially 
after what we, uh, after, especially after what Clay has endured uh, injury wise throughout his career. Right. Then we have the Nuggets and the T Wolves. Uh, both have nice week, nice weeks. They they're both on three game win streaks. Um, Mike, the Nuggets. The, the Nuggets, this is the thing. The Nuggets, are, they've won the Western Conference. They're the one seed in the playoffs. There's not much that there's – I don't think there's much to say about them anymore. There's no way they could crash and burn, and if they did, that would be – I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, if they if they crash and burn, then, then they're not Jeez. going far, like right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they crash and burn, then – they're, so, but they're, they they yeah. do what they do well, and I think that's going to carry them enough to you know hold that number one spot. Um, so T Wolves, T Wolves. I'm not in on the T Wolves. I don't know. Am I my way out here? Am I just not seeing it? No, they stink. But <laughs> but they're they're, finding... they're much better, much better without Cat. I mean, we haven't, we haven't really talked about the Clippers here a ton, which. I don't We're going know. to. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know where. <laughs> um, but between the the Clips and the Mavs who are behind them, I know we're, wait, we're waiting on the Lakers, even though they're in the 11th spot, but it, it makes sense that the Lakers, because I'm not counting the Jazz and I'm not counting the Pelicans, the Lakers are the next team here to be a threat to that six-seed spot. So um, there's only, clearly there's only six spots, Steve. Who's who's getting bumped out? It's not out? the T-Wars. It's, not, it's the T-Wars. Yeah, I'm but even like, even so, that leaves two of the three teams that I just mentioned out. Unless like unless we see the Grizzlies or the Kings or somebody keep dropping games and get out. Yeah, but yeah, and the Kings aren't even really dropping games. No, no, I I just don't know who else <laughs> yeah. to point to on the list. Yeah. The Warriors maybe, but I mean the Warriors did lose today, but I I don't know. I hope we get a first round series, Suns Warriors. I want it first round. Be the first time I've ever cheered for the Warriors in a long, long time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are the T Wolves better without Cat? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> Steve, I don't know. And I, I'll say this: I, I, I haven't tuned into a ton of Minnesota games with and without Cat, and I don't know, man. I, I don't know. It's tough to say. Do you have any insight into that? Because they're just a weird team to me. Anthony Edwards has been hooping. That's what I know. If Cat is has to be off the floor for Anthony Edwards to play the way that he's been playing, then he's got to go. It's just what it is. I don't think it's that though. I don't think they're better without Cat. Um, I just think they're more normal without Cat. Just like if Gobert got hurt, I think they'd be more normal without Gobert, so they would naturally play better. Yeah, I mean, more normal is in like Cat and Gobert is just not a normal big man pairing. No, I'll, I'll keep saying it. It's just it's a weird dynamic team to me. Yeah, it's like the T Wolves. We've been saying the whole the same thing the whole year. It's like, what the hell are they? We don't know. So you're a play-in team, it, pretty yeah, much. If they get to six seed and stay there in playoffs, I'll be thoroughly shocked and disappointed. <laughs> For sure. I I don't. I'm telling you, I don't want to watch them for a series. <laughs> watch them play the 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 Kings. Just the Kings somehow make it to the second round, and it's this fake ass second round run. And my, my goodness, my goodness, yeah. I will not. Wait. I I'm telling you, I can't. I can't watch the Minnesota Timberwolves in a series. And I'm not. I'm not here like to like 
totally poo poo on them, but like just not a <laughs> not a team I'm interested in. Not not a team that I think they know what they're doing. They're just kind of out there like, hey, sometimes they're winning, sometimes we're losing. If the if the T Wolves make the playoffs, they will 100% be on the NBA TV first round series. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, first yeah. round series they don't even put on national no, TV. No, that's fact. 100%. Mark my words. Oh. Um, all right, Mike. And then the last thing to talk about and what's hot or what's not, uh, the what's not side, the 0-5 Los Angeles Clippers since they have acquired Russell Westbrook via buyout uh, free agency. Russ is 0-15 in his last 15 games as a starters. <laughs> Mike, I think I said this, like, here come the Clippers, uh, but if they go get Russell Westbrook, uh, sometimes you're a negative, and a negative is a negative, no matter what you think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> 0-5 yep. since they've added Russell Westbrook after they were just playing really well. It's got to be exhausting being right all the time, huh, Steve? Oh, no, I'm not right all the time. I'm only right, like, a quarter of the time. Man, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not as worried about the um, – it's weird. Like, I'm not – like, the, the Clippers have a better team, but I'm not as worried – have a better team than the Mavs, but I'm not as worried about Luka and Kyrie as far as that dynamic goes as I am as what's going on with the Clippers right now. Do you – Let's just shoot it straight. Do you solely tie this to Russell Westbrook? Solely. Sometimes, yeah. Like, he does some things where I'm like, man, like, he's good. But you have to look at the things where he makes them bad. He doesn't play no defense. He's a terrible defender now. And offensively, man, like, the ball, like, the issue is, is the ball needs to be in Kawhi or Paul George's hands. And that guy needs to be a shoot the Russell Westbrook needs to be a shooter, and he's yeah, not. Just so I just let think him it push. creates. Well, that's the issue. I think he does, but, man, he just – I mean, he has – and the thing is, the people are going to go right to that box going, like, I don't know what they're talking about. He's got 20 points, 8 assists, and blah, like, man, what – like, that numbers sometimes lie. Like, they say numbers don't lie like bullshit. So, unless, like, if you don't look at all the numbers, they lie. Check the turnover column too. Check the turnover column. Yeah, plus minus. Like Owen fifteen as a starter means you're an issue. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I don't like putting five games to blame on Russell Westbrook. Um, I don't blame you. That's fair. No, I don't put fair. that. I don't put that any one single player. But you know, patterns form for a reason, and if I don't know. It's it makes sense that it, one player with the system, the rotations, style of play can change, and I guess that's what's happening. Maybe I don't know, but they're better than just like I would like to think the Clippers, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard specifically are better than just letting Russell Westbrook be the downfall of them. You know what I mean? Like, come on, like it's easy that he's a scapegoat. But like you, the rest of y'all got to be better than that too. Like we can't let one person have us be the reason why we just dropped five in a row. It, it is, it is, yeah, no, you're one hundred percent right about that. Kawhi didn't play the last game either. I can't believe, or they played that crazy Kings game again. It was like a replay in some sort of sense where we played in the one twenty, one thirties instead of the one seventy fives or whatever it was. Um. 
Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know. But not the time to be trying to figure out how to add a new teammate in when we're talking about a team who's in the eight spot, currently only two games from being in no play in at all. Um, they got to figure some things out, and they have to fit. Do, they have to do it quick. I believe they have a big game tonight. Uh, do you know who they play tonight? The Clips. Oh, let me. See. The Grizzlies tonight. The Grizzlies tonight. Yeah, the well, first night without Josh. So it's a it. big night for them. Yeah. Yeah. No Dylan right. Brooks either. Jamie's what, favorite player. What happens if they lose this? No, <laughs> bro. They lose this. We might have an emergency podcast that the Clippers are <laughs> done. So, uh, anyway. Let's talk about a pattern that has been forming with the team. It's the Detroit Pistons, Mike. Uh, Seven-game losing streak. Got to bring them in. The what's not. Um, I watched them play the Cavs, and they lost by 30. It's bad. <laughs> it is bad. James Wiseman goes for one game of 23 points, and they say how he found his home, how he's yeah. whatever, and then scores like whatever. Single like digits the points, other night. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come Three on. points, eight points, something. It was bad. The the Pistons are yikes. The Spurs are yikes. They should just have they should have a seven game series for and and play for who wins against Victor Wembayama. Although that would be sweet. Although with Lamelo out, the the Hornets have just entered the chat. So oh yeah, I forgot to bring him up there in the injury. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm bad about season. that. He was hoping that night too. So Lamelo out for the rest of the season, for those of you who didn't know. So uh, the Hornets are now in the fullest of tank mode, if they weren't before. Yeah. And so are the Detroit Pistons, because they had six or seven guys in their injury report. And, yeah, it is what it is. The Detroit Pistons are making sure they have a top-four spot, and uh, they're not very good. I don't, I, there's nothing much more to say about the Pistons. Cade's out, so you don't even get to see him play. Jaden Ivey is not what I expected. Hopefully his game will develop over the summer, get that rookie year under his belt, and it will hopefully be a, a better ecosystem a better ecosystem there for him to have uh, long-term success. Mike, just real quick as we roll on out of here, um, power rankings. Let's do, let's do something a little different with the power rankings. Let's rank our top three duos in the NBA, Mike. Who is your third? ranked duo in the NBA? My third ranked duo. I'm trying to work it out of who I have. Man, this might... Actually, no. I guess it's not. I was going to say this might be difficult for me, but I guess it's not. I'm going to go with um, Embiid and Harden. Um, I think that... Man, this I feel like it's such a streaky here, uh, streaky kind of uh, ranking system for me in my head. But I'll go with Embiid and Harden at number three. These two have got it done, or ha- have been getting it done. Um, we just need them to get it done in the playoffs. You know, uh, we need success in the playoffs, not just the regular season, um, not just at certain moments in time. So uh, sometimes it seems like one may flourish where the other. I don't want to say doesn't, but like it. Last night was a game where I think they both, I mean, what did Harden have? Almost 40? Yeah, he had 38, 9, 10 or something. What did Embiid finish with? 31, 10, and 6. So 10 like, boards, or 10 assists, 6 boards. I feel like in the games previous, if Harden gets like 30-something, Embiid's like, like a 25, which obviously is still a good like good game, you know, 
relatively speaking. But I feel like the other guys that I have on my list might be capable of more explosive games together in the same game um, than those two. So that's why I got them at three. Yeah, I had them at three, but I'm putting Stefan Clay. Um, okay. Still, I just I still have that. I have I have nine years of uh, stuff to go off of. Um, I think Steph is still a top five player in the world. Um, I, what Clay has done this year, I just don't think is being talked about nearly enough, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, at number two, Mike, I actually have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, just two o- elite offensive players, two elite defensive players. Um, it's crazy that we sat here, not we didn't sit here and talk about it. I've said it other places. I'm sure we have talked about it, but talking about trading Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum was like a big thing for a couple of years. And now it's just one of the best duos offensively, defensively. They do a lot of things that a lot of duos just can't do. Yeah, uh, I think you and I are flipping number one and number two here. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but... I will go with, yeah, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to go KD and D-Book right now as number two. Uh, yeah. We have the small sample size of three games, and in that three games, I don't know what Kevin Durant's averaging, mid to high 20s, I think. 37 today. Yeah, and, and Book's like just averaging a light 35 maybe. I, no, I think it's more. I th- I think D books averaging like thirty seven. I just saw it too. Um, I, I, I'm you... trying to find it. Yeah, okay. go ahead. Um, yeah. So, I mean, they have the most. Like Kevin Durant is just. Uh, we we don't need to go into everything Kevin Durant brings, but like if D book is like firing on all cylinders next to Kevin Durant while Kevin Durant's doing his thing. Yikes! Like that's. That is trouble. But, yeah, I'll save my number one. Obviously, it will be no surprise at this point. Um, but that's why I got them at number two. Um, 1A, 1B, honestly, for me, um, for my, my next team in the Suns here. Yeah, no, for sure. At one, I obviously have Kevin Durant Devin Booker. Devin Booker's had 36, 6, and 10. Uh, he's had 35, 5, and 6, 37, 6, and 7. 3-0 and with Kevin Durant as a teammate. Um, honestly, I've watched all three of these games. These two just fit next to each other seamlessly. Um, the other night, the, Bull, the Bulls went on a 16-1 to run to end the half, uh, closed it with to within four, and then the second half, they just they just hoop. Like, they're just that good. They're too good. Um, offensively, Kevin Durant, still one of the best defensive players in the world. I know we don't talk about him, him in that light, but we really need to. Um, these two guys, uh, it's going to take a lot to beat them in the playoffs. That's what I would say. Yeah. Um, I'll hop into my number one then. Yep. Um, it is Tatum and Brown. Um, this, these two are battle-tested uh, multiple Eastern Conference Finals together, um, a finals appearance last year. Uh, Tatum didn't have his best, um, I guess, his best stretch of games in the playoffs, which I think hurt them. But I think that the thing that puts them above me, or geez, above KD and and Book for me is that I know they're going to be just as dedicated on the defensive end too. Yep. Um, so when we talk about duos, I know everybody is, is 
focused on like the offensive power. But I, for them, I really got to give them props for the for the defensive end of things as well, which is why I, I'll put them just above. Um, like I said, one A, one B, uh, above KD and um, Book. Um, you know, no, you can't go wrong. You can't. No, I, and I think you know that was last year was a good run and a good like setting the tone of what they want to do this year. And I think, I think those two are also can like give you thirty each a night too. Um, and I think Tatum is going to have a better stretch of playoffs this time around. Yeah, I was just wanted to do this exercise just because I thought it would be interesting because you know we didn't talk about Kyrie and Luca. Obviously. There's a lot more to prove there. It hasn't been great early, but we didn't talk about Kawhi and Paul George. There's just so many dynamic duos in the NBA today that it feels like the NBA is starting to swing back into a duo. Build your team around that duo. Yep. Yeah, totally. Mike, what are you watching for next week as we get on out of here? Oh, Next week, man, there, I feel like there's a lot of uh, narratives, I guess, for you know what teams we want to watch um i actually just had two and i've lost them both now i didn't write it down (laughs) you got yours yeah i do have mine i can go through mine i have the memphis grizzlies um just a lot going on with memphis obviously with the jaw stuff they play uh, the clippers tonight they play the lakers on tuesday they play the golden state warriors on thursday and the dallas mavericks on saturday Big part of the schedule for them not to have jaw as they may not have jaw all week, may only be two games. Big part of the year for them to really figure out who they are and if this team is going to be serious when it matters. Ultimately, we don't think so, obviously, because of what's surrounding them. Um, It'll be like a reality test for Memphis to see what direction this team's really going to be going into, not only as we head into the playoffs, but also as we head into the offseason as well. Fair enough. Um, Yeah, and you saying golden stages triggered it that that was my team here uh they got oklahoma city tuesday this should be this not only should this has to be a win for them uh then they have memphis on thursday it should be a win uh, in my opinion it really should be they have milwaukee saturday which of course is going to be a a test and then just kind of a sneak peek into next week they do have uh phoenix on monday um this is a good spot for the warriors if they're making a push man it's got to be like in the like got to start now you know it's not you're not going to bump up three or four spots uh in the last two weeks of the season uh, unless it's that close of a race but generally you wouldn't you know you wouldn't think so so they got to start chipping away at some of these uh these games right now and i think this is a good spot as good as far as any to start doing that especially with the memphis grizzlies being uh down absolutely i like that pick mike just a little in-game action here Mikel Bridges, 17 points in the first quarter against the Charlotte Hornets. Mm-hmm. As we talk about him as an all-star, Mike, we actually might be right about something on this podcast. Oh, you wait. Uh, <laughs> yeah, whoops, my bad. Um, Mike, uh, what do you got to say as we get on out of here? Uh, not much, just this was a very busy week. Um, a lot to cover, and I really think that this might be the theme kind of here on out, both on and off the court stuff. You know, this is this is the NBA. It's, it's what we predict. There's always drama, so... Um, guys, definitely stay tuned. We're going to be covering a lot here. Um, and of course, thank you all for the continued support. Um, thank everybody for, uh, a lot of birthday wishes as well. Um, we didn't really talk about the punishment too much, which is fine. Um, oh. yeah, <laughs> we still got to do that. Still do. Uh, but yeah, 
so um you know appreciate it everybody thank you for your support um definitely you know keep tuning into us we got a lot of good things coming and uh yeah we'll look to talk to you next time appreciate you mike for being here jamie we can't wait to have you back uh thank you to our listeners um it's been a busy time of the year uh it's, it's the it's the best time it's the best time we got march madness we got baseball we got nfl stuff going on but the the best thing is we have the NBA being played. We have March Madness getting ready to come here, come around the corner here. Um, draft prospects are going to start heating up. Uh, it's we're, <laughs> we're on the doorstep of the playoffs. There's nothing better. We have a bunch of close races. All these games matter. Um, I can't wait to see how it goes, guys. We appreciate you guys for listening every each and every week. We appreciate you, Mike and Jamie, for all the help that you guys have done. And with that being said, guys, listening to the nothing but net nba podcast be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts nothing but net